Hello everyone, my name is Pastor Maya Rodriguez from C3 Church Las Vegas. I want to welcome you to my weekly podcast. It is a true privilege to be able to share the good news of God's Word with you. Enjoy. Good morning church, how are you? I missed you. I hope you missed me. Right? I, I was so happy because my husband covered, right, on a Sunday. And then and then um, my daughter, Nicole, brought the mess. And then you guys had Pastor Israel. And I was, like, super jelly. Right? But I watched. I'm the biggest stalker on social media. I am the biggest stalker. I will like everybody's picture. I just love to do that. And it's hard for me to post. But I am a big stalker. So I was stalking you guys at church, watching everybody. And I loved watching you guys praise God. So anyways, I'm going to jump into the word of God because I have a message. I know that it's from God. And the title of the message today, I'm going to give it to you right at the beginning. It's called Closer. Say with me, Closer. Yeah, but say it like that, like just, just a little bit, you know smoky, closer. So we are, as my daughter was saying, so many activities going on, right? But I don't really think they're just activities. They're actually, I really believe they were predestined by God leading up to something magnificent. There's something coming. And we are truly in a crucial time for this house, for this church. Let me tell you that. We are in a crucial, crucial time for our church. And I want to open up my heart as one of your pastors and, and just let you know that these 21 days um, and the, the 21 days that we had in January of prayer uh, are really, really important. Uh, they, they're leading up to, they're covering something magnificent, as I said. And um, I could really, really say that they have been the most important 21 days since we became the senior pastors of this church 12 years ago. Yes, in October, we will be officially to the date 12 years as the senior pastors. I can't even believe it. Yes, come on, give God the glory. With this said, uh, if there ever was a time that we need you, that we need us, that we need to be united as a church family in prayer, in prayer, in heart, in spirit, is now. Tell your neighbor, it's now. It's now. You know, like, you have that one friend that you might not talk to for a long time, but when you need her, you need him, they'll come running. Don't ask, they won't ask any questions. You're like, I need you, I'm there. Like, they're already taking off their earrings if they're a girl, right? Like, no, and third guy, you know, like, who is it? How many? Like, they don't even ask. They they actually, they just run. Because it's like you're, and I'm basically calling on you guys in prayer for you to join us in prayer because it's now. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's now. So as we prepare for these 21 days of prayer, it's a new cycle. We're actually covering the new cycle of connect groups. That's coming up. And I'm telling you, we need those connect groups. And it might be for you to join one or for you to open one, but we need that. And we're also leading up to something so important that we haven't had, if I'm not mistaken, and it's actually a youth worship night. Like, what is that? I don't think that exists in very many places, but we're having a youth, an all-youth worship night where it wasn't something that we as pastors put on the youth, but it's the youth asking for a worship night. Come on, you guys. And then we're leading up to something 
the women's conference with the title, All Things New. You guys, this isn't a coincidence. There's something new happening. There's something new stirring up. And maybe you're like, uh, really? I'm, 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 I'm letting you know. I'm letting you know. You gotta come in. You gotta come closer. So it shouldn't come as a surprise. And it's not a coincidence that the enemy is going to try to come in between that. He's gonna try to distract you from that. He's going to try to come and, and bring discouragement and confusion and, and tons of obligations and commitments, true commitments and setbacks and tiredness and misunderstandings from one another, right? And even going as far, listen to this, I feel that even going as far to use God's blessings as an excuse why we can't serve God and why we can't come closer to God. Oh, it's the blessing of a child now is your excuse. The blessing of a home is now your excuse. The blessing of a job is now your excuse. All the blessings that God has given you, the devil wants to turn it as an excuse for you not to serve him. Come on, you guys, we're calling him out. Because the enemy's plan, plan is so simple. Come on, why did the, the enemy come? He came to steal, kill, and destroy. Simple. Steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal from you the opportunity to blink, blink, blink. He wants to kill God's plan for you to blink, blink, blink. Destroy the purpose. Come on, Windex bottle. Destroy the purpose for which he has called you to that place, to that group. Why he opened that door, why he placed you there. But even when his plan is for harm, God's plan has always been for good. Let me remind you that God's plan has always been for good. And he sent his son Jesus. Why? To bring us, to give us life and life everlasting or in abundance. And, and, and living things, they breathe and living things grow and they give and they produce and they move, right? And they give life. This said today, I want to go deeper, just deeper into prayer. That, that, that intro was for prayer, the need for prayer, because there is a true battle going on between the blessings of God, right, and our purpose in God and our reality today in order not only to talk to God, like, I don't want prayer just to be a talking to God, which is good, but actually a hearing God, a listening to God, a, 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 a Knowing that God is actually leading you, his presence in your life. Because I'm certain that the, that prayer is the most important conversation you will ever have in your life. Prayer. When you have a conversation with any good friend and you're like, wow, there, you know, there's that friend that always just really gives good advice. But let me tell you above that is prayer. Because you're bringing it before God. My prayer is that you would be, that your hearts, that your heart's desire would be to be closer to God, to come closer. One more step, just a little bit more. Just maybe it's a baby step, but just a little bit closer every day to him. I find it, I found it very interesting, and I taught this in one of our DNA nights, but very interesting that there is in the, uh, in the books that we use in the Bible, in all of the books of the Christian Bible, there's only three angels that are mentioned by name, Gabriel, Michael, and the fallen angel of Lucifer or Satan. So this all is Bible teaching, you guys. Are you guys ready? Buckle your seatbelts. So Lucifer was a, sh- a cherub, and he lost his job, <laughs> okay? He lost his job. And why did he lose his job? 
Because his job was to give God glory, to, to get everyone's praise and give it to God, right? His job was to worship God. He was, he was created to worship God. But when he was given dominion over the world, because he was given dominion, he said to Jesus when he was tempting him, he said, all, the, all of the authority I've been given on this earth, I can give to you. And Jesus didn't rebuttal that. He agreed with him. So he was given dominion. And when God's plan was to make us as worshipers to him, he wanted to keep the glory. See, he wanted to keep the worship. And, and why am I even talking about Lucifer? Because you might say, oh, Lucifer, you might think of him as like, oh, those devil worshipers. And like, it's all sneaky and, you know, uh, killing cats or whatever. No, above that, it's actually a spirit. Like it's being a narcissist. Come on, you guys. And it's a spirit that's right now. A narcissist, you can always tell a narcissist because it's extreme worship of themselves. Come on, we're going there. We are going there and don't point fingers. I'm, I'm going there. When you have extreme worship of yourself, someone with a deep need for excessive attention and admiration. We can say that now more than ever. We live in a narcissistic world with a narcissistic spirit. My comfort, my taste, my rest, I think, I want, I feel, my opinion even above the word of God. Like, I know the word of God says this, but I think that it should be this way. And you post it. You post it. And I'm like, are you, are you understanding you're going, you're placing your opinion above God, above his word? And that is a narcissistic spirit. The second angel, say with me the second one. So the second angel um, mentioned is Gabriel. And he's always the messenger. So he represents the word of God, the importance. So Lucifer is the worship, right? Gabriel is the word of God bringing messages from God. And third is Michael. And he's the fighting angel, the warrior. And this is the intercession and prayer. So we have worship, we have word, and we have prayer. And these three are fundamental for our lives. We need to have them in our lives. And that's why in a service we have worship, we have word, and we have prayer. These are crucial disciplines, and today I want to focus on the prayer. So in the book of Daniel, we're told that there was a war between angels in the spirit realm. So there's angels in the fallen angels. So there's a war. Say with me, a war. Come on, say battle. Say confrontation. Yes, because that is what they want to do. The devil wants to come. They wa he wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy your marriage. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your relationship with your children. He wants, he wants your children that used to run to your room to now close their door. You guys, come on. That's the devil. He wants the love that you once had to go away because he's there to steal, kill, and destroy. So there is a war happening in the spiritual realm. And when Daniel was seeking God in prayer, because there's so much chaos going on that time, and he's like, God, like, help me. I need you to come down. I need you to do something. There, like, people were so perverse in that time. And he was asking God, and then Gabriel was sent by God, but after the 21 days. It was on day 21 that Gabriel showed up. And he said this. He said, there was spirits. There was Satan was trying to prevent me from coming. This is in the Bible, you guys. And he said, Gabriel said in Daniel 10, 13, Michael, one of the archangels, 
came to help me. Because Michael's the warrior angel. So Gabriel was sent, the word of God was being sent to Daniel. But when he was trying to get to Daniel, there was war. So that like Carla was saying, maybe you're in the middle right now. Come on, you guys, that's your time of war. Maybe you're stuck in the, you think you're stuck in the middle. No, let me tell you, you're not stuck. This is the time that you need to intercede. You need to lift up prayer because there's war happening in the spiritual realm. See Ephesians 6, 12 to 18 for all of you guys that are struggling with people or struggling with conflicts or struggling in your business or struggling. Just, it says, for a struggle is not against flesh and blood. You might think your mom's the problem or your dad's the problem or that boss or, you know, whatever. That's not the problem. Sometimes you wake up and you're like, man, I married Satan, right? No, I have little demon children. No, they're not demon children. Because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray with the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. Remember what Jesus said in John eighteen thirty six: My kingdom is not of this world. He said, if it were, I would have told my servants to come and get in the middle of all of it. But my kingdom is in another place. There is a kingdom. My point being that when Daniel was asking for something, he might have not seen it. But there was something going on in the spiritual realm. The kingdom of Jesus does not advance with swords. The kingdom of Jesus does not advance with you fighting against flesh and blood. But the kingdom of Jesus advances, right, with prayer, with lifting up every single one of our petitions before God because there is a spiritual battle. You might think he is a problem. You might think she is a problem. But let me tell you, you might think it's anxiety, it's depression. But I'm here to tell you that it is a spiritual battle going on, and we need to know that. A battle must be fought through praying. Talk to God more intimately. Come closer to God. You need to have that intimacy because God not only wants you to serve him, God wants you to love him and know him, to have him close. And then Daniel, when he was praying, I just want to make this point. He said in Daniel 10, 12, then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. In other words, Daniel's prayers were heard from day one, even though he got the answer on day 21. Okay, Daniel's prayers, he's telling him, Daniel, I want you to know that Each one of your words was heard in heaven on day one. But there was an intense spiritual battle. Come on, guys. Maybe there's something. There's a healing that you're waiting for. There's a situation. There's a circumstance. Let me tell you that your words are not in vain. Your words go up to to heaven and they go up to God's ears and they go into his heart and there but there is a spiritual battle and that's why we need to pray yes we are in the 15th day of prayer and apparently we don't see anything today is day 15 but let me remind you that there is a war in the spiritual realm that's being fought today on your behalf that there is a war. We are at our war. And, and we have daily prayer right now. We're doing it on Zoom. And actually, just, just going to make a little plug here. I really want to open the, um, the home groups on, on Zoom for prayer. Praying. You might just disqualify yourself. And let me tell you, you are not disqualified. As, as, as long as you have gone to grow, you can open a group. Oh, pastor, but I'm the most disqualified person. No, you are not. 
you know God, you love God, you can serve God. He will use everyone for his glory. Can I get an amen? Come on, you guys. So if you're interested in that, let me know. 30 minutes of prayer online. I want to cover every single day in English at nighttime, okay? So that's my plan. So how do we get away from the deception of the enemy? We get closer to God. How do we get out of his, his, you know, his hold, his grip? We get closer to God. Say closer. Come on, say closer. At the Last Supper, the disciples, they were all sitting there, including the one that had already sold him out. Okay, the betrayer. They were all sitting there. Jesus washed all of their feet. Jesus gave them all to eat. They were all around his table. But there was one that was closer. He was the one, right, John, that had his head upon his chest. The invitation to come closer is extended to all of us, not just to me. You might be saying, I can't get close to God. Look at everything I do. Look. No. God wants you to come closer. And the invitation was in Hebrews 4.16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we, we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. That's why we get closer to God. But ask me how. Come on, church, say how. Well, I'm so glad you asked. Main point, when we pray, let us not seek to move God to us, but rather let us move towards God. Let us move towards God. So many times I'm here in my problems and my troubles and my circumstances. I'm like, hey God, look at me. Look at what I'm going. Come on, come on. I need you to come down. What are you doing? What are you doing up there? You know, I I feel like you're not listening. Come down, take care of my situation. But prayer is not that. Prayer is Let me get under God's covering with all of my sin. Let me bring all of that under him. Let me give it to him. Let me bring it to his altar. Let me put it before him. Yes, I know that God moves towards us because it's biblical. But it's not what we should be thinking. That shouldn't be our goal when we pray. We shouldn't be like, hey, God, I need you to send. Come on, come on, come in the situation. When we converse with God, it is not to inform him of the issues at hand. As if he didn't already know you guys. Hello, God. Let me give you all the information. Here's the tea, right? Here's the report. I need, you should be doing this. Like, like, come on. But rather, it's to seek to align our issues of our natural life to his presence and his supernatural abilities. Can I get an amen? It's a move towards God. James 4, 8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Now buckle those belts. Are you ready? Because most pastors just stop there, but there's actually a second part to the verse. It says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. Are you ready? Buckle your seatbelts. Buckle your seatbelts. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Like one day, yes, the next day, no. Like literally, you're double. He's like, come near, but come near. Even if it's like... You know, come near though. Don't come near and then like, double-minded. Like, what the heck? Say, but how? Come on, ask me. Say, but how? I'm so glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. So in the Old Testament, before the temple, before the church, actually like a structure was built in Jerusalem. Remember that the children of Israel were, were able to, to escape Egypt. They were let out. But then they were 40 years in the desert. 
Then God gave them instructions to have a tabernacle. So before the temple was built, actually a church temple, there was a tabernacle. And this was basically a movable church. It was a put up, tear down type of church, okay? But look at the instructions God gave Moses. He says this, have the people in Exodus 25, 8 to 9, have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary. So what? So I can live among them. Look at the purpose of it. He wants to be present in your life. He's looking for you to build a place to make space for him to be present in your life. And that's what his purpose was. He says, I'm going to give you all of the the logistics of it. For why? So what? So I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the plan or the pattern I will show you. So I'm going to go really quick with this pattern. Say there's a pattern. Say there's a pattern. You guys, I'm going to go through the seven steps of this pattern. Super quick. You need to hold on. But there's a point to it. This pattern is given in the Old Testament, but it's an example of our coming closer to God. So here's the tabernacle. And as you see, let me see. Where's the tabernacle? Okay, there's the tabernacle. This is the tabernacle, an example of it. As you can see, it's a rectangular tent without a top. It was entered through one door. And its atrium, there is a bronze altar for sacrifice and a laver, okay, in order to wash. Then inside the holy place, inside that tent with the top on it, we had um, the gold lampstand, the golden table of, of showbread, and the golden altar of incense. Then there was a curtain that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. In the holy of holies, there was the Ark of the Covenant. That was the presence of God. So the, the cloud right? The cloud by day and the pillar of, of, of um, light, the, of fire by night. That was above the Ark of the Covenant, okay? There's a, there's, a, there's a purpose to my madness. So now I see a very accurate model to show us how to get closer to God. Because Exodus 33, 11 says, inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. That's the purpose. To get to the Holy of Holies so that God would speak to Moses. He would speak to us face to face as you speak to a friend. Okay, so how do I do this? Okay, how do I do this? Number one, you enter the atriums. Through the door, let's see it again. You enter the atriums. In the back. In the back. It's gone. Okay, you enter the door into the atriums. Remember Psalms 104 says this. Enter his gates with what? thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. This was a reference to the atriums. So we have to start saying, Lord, I bless you. I thank you. So we we give thanks to God. Okay. We enter all the time. I thank you, Lord, because you're magnificent. I thank you, Lord, for what you have done, but I praise you for who you are. Thankfulness and praise. Thankfulness and praise. You come in. That's the first thing. Now, obviously, if you're having a 911 uh, prayer, you're not going to do all of this. I'm talking about getting closer to God. Like, clo- like knowing him better. Like a friend. So, obviously, God's also our protector. And if you're like about, you're like, Lord, help me. Obviously, you're not going to be, oh, so you're about to like, you know, in a tough situation, you're not going to be like, oh, thank you, Lord, for who you are. And I praise you. And I, obviously, you're not. You're not. I mean, you don't have time for that. He's okay. He's not a nervous God. I'm showing you how to get closer to God. Number one, when you enter the atrium with praise, I thank you for what you have done. I praise you for who you are. Then as soon as you went in, there's an altar of sacrifice. There was a table, an altar of sacrifices. Here, there was a shedding of blood. 
They would sacrifice an animal with the blood. That symbolizes what Jesus did. Can you imagine as soon as you go in, you see a table with, it's all bloody and gory. But you're like, I know that that animal had to die to cover my sin. To allow me to get closer. So this is where you thank Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for your blood. I remind my soul to thank you. Because you sacrificed yourself for me. And this is not only that you went to the cross, but that you resurrected from the cross. That's why Christians, we use a cross without Jesus crucified. Because yes, Jesus' heart was to be crucified. But then he was resurrected to pay for our sins. Can I get an amen? Then the labor of washing. There was a bowl for washing. This bowl was made of mirrors. And this was to purify, to cleanse. So they would go in there and they would wash. But as they're washing, they would see themselves. They would see their reflection and be reminded that it's not because of them, but because of God and that they need washing and purifying. Okay, so they went into the atriums. I praise you, Lord. I thank you. That I'm reminded of your blood. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. That I wash myself of all my sins. I wash my mind of all perverse thoughts. I wash my mouth of speaking evil. I wash my hands, Lord, and what, from what they have done to hurt people. I wash every, so they would cleanse themselves, okay? Or is somebody learning something? Then you go into the holy place. There, there was a lampstand. This lampstand always had oil. They had it functioning with seven pillars, and it was running oil continuously. Can you imagine? They had figured out how to make the oil continuously run, and this is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, like, I can't. I'm so glad Jesus paid the price for me, and I've washed myself, but I need a continual washing. I need you to be present in my life, Holy Spirit. There's things I can do. Yes, you've given me abilities, but I need your supernatural strength for this. I need your peace that surpasses all of an understanding. So then you start to speak to God, and you start to know him and all of the benefits that there is in him. Then number five, there was a golden table of showbread, and there was 12 loaves of freshly baked bread fluffy and yummy and no they didn't come in with butter I would have right and I would have been dead right but I mean I see bread and I'm like oh my weakness right but the the bread was for you to want to eat it it was so yummy smelling you know how like when you you smell and they're baking bread you're like Oh, there's a cake in the oven. There's brownies. You just want to savor it. Like, you want to just stuff it in your mouth like a carrot, right? You're like, oh, this is so good. That's what it was for. It was to remind you that the word of God should be that way. So you take out the word of God because Jesus said that people just don't live by bread alone, right? But by every word, the word of God. Wow. So then, come on, you guys. Yes, we can give him the glory. So we've been in the atrium, right? We saw the shedding of blood. We saw the sacrifice. We washed. We go in. We see the oil running over. Then we see the bread, the word of God. Then after that, there was there an altar of incense, a delicious perfume, the smell. Not only the bread that is just so yummy, but a wonderful smell that filled the tent. And this is worship. This is where you just praise him and maybe you put on a worship song and you just let your soul and your, your, you know, your spirit just connect to him. Say, Lord, as I worship you, I want you to, sp- I want to, you know, when you want to be romantic, what do you do? The first thing you do, and it depends on the mood you want to set, right? What song you put on? Come on. Okay, you holy people. We're the only ones, baby. 
what song are we putting on? Okay. But you literally, right, you put the song on depending on the mood. When you want to set the mood, okay? So we're basically setting that mood, but with God. Psalms 29.2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Remember, we're getting closer to God. Remember, we're getting closer to God, so we're just loving on him. And now before the Holy of Holies, there was a curtain. And that curtain was meant to separate. But can I remind you that Jesus, when he died on that cross and he resurrected, that curtain was actually torn in two from the from the top to the bottom. It was torn in two miraculously because Jesus wanted to make sure that there was no longer a barrier between us, between the holy place and the holy of holies, that we could come into his presence. Come on, God. I mean, come on, church. Let's thank God. Number seven, and this is it, you guys. This is what we've been waiting for. So you get into the holy of holies, right? And you're thanking God and everything. And then you get before the ark of the covenant. When they finally reached it, which it says that they actually put like a rope around them with bells because they could die if they didn't do all of the other stuff, right? They were found not to be without sin. They could just be dead and then they had to pull them out. So imagine the risk. I'd be like, no, I'm just kidding. But I'd be like, oh my God, help me. Oh my gosh. Right, you guys? Like I'm about to go and they literally tied this rope around me. Can you imagine? And you're like, I'm going before the presence of God. (laughs) right? But now there is not that hesitation. We're invited in. So then he goes in. They've entered, okay? Let's see. They've entered the courts with praise and thanksgiving. They've passed through the sacrifice of the brazen altar. They've purified themselves in the labor. They entered the holy place where the lampstand was, the table of bread, the altar of incense, and finally they are in the presence of God with the Ark of the Covenant. Now what? What was that all for? Why? Why is Pastor telling me all of this? Like, what? This isn't Bible 50-something class. What? Why did I come to church today? Because I want you to know this point. That was all done for what? The purpose was to intercede for others. When they were in the Holy of Holies before the presence of God, it was to intercede for others. Father, I'm here. I've drawn close to you. I'm searching for you for them. I've decided to be faithful to you for my daughters, for my grandchildren. I've searched for you because I need you. Because when my daughters go out and and now, you know, my son-in-law, that's like on my mind. Are they going to be safe? Heavenly Father, like keep them safe. Send your angels around them. May they not cause accidents or have accidents caused on them. May no sickness go before. You go into the Holy of Holies. You're in the presence of God. But the purpose is for others. And I know in this narcissistic culture, it's not, it's all about us. But I want to remind you, church, that that's not the reason we are here. We are not here for us. We're already saved. We're here for others. The reason for connect groups is to give others the opportunity to be close to God. So maybe you have the gift of of cooking. Do a cooking connect group. Maybe you only have 30 minutes at night because you're so busy. You're so, so busy. But could you do it for others? Could you give of your life? Can you come before God and intercede for others? See, 1 Timothy 2, 1 to 3 and 4 says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, thanksgiving be made for all people. 
This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants who? All people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So this whole message (laughs) was do it for others. And I know that's not a popular message because we're taught do it for yourself. You can do it on your own. You don't need anyone. But that is the same spirit that brought Satan that made him unemployed because he wanted everything for himself. That is a narcissistic spirit. When you come to, oh, I feel so good when I come to church. No, that's great that you do. But you come and you come consistently for your future generations, for what they're going to learn and what they're going to be given and the way that it makes them feel protected. You're doing it for the good of your home. You're doing it for your family, for your friends. Your Christian life, the purpose of you being in the presence of God is not just for you. It's for others. Can I get an amen? So stand to your feet. And I'm done with this Romans 10, 13 to 15. I just want to leave it on your hearts. Heavenly Father, before I read this verse, I just ask that you would prepare not just the ears to hear, but a heart to receive. That this word wouldn't be a word just to like make them feel uncomfortable or called out, Lord, but that they would be confronted with the fact that their purpose, their Windex bottle is to clean windows. <laughs> that they would know their purpose, that they would, could give up their life of anything just to help others, to help one person, to help five people. But that this word would be true in their lives. Romans 10, 13 to 15 says this, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him? How? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. It's for others. Messengers. In Jesus' name, I declare over you that the Holy Spirit would stir you up, would stir up your heart, And would show you a way that in your life you could bless others. That you could be that bridge somehow. That you could be that bridge to bring those people, your family, your friends, even your frenemies. But that you would bring them to God. Blessed are the feet of the messengers who bring good news. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your family, friends, frenemies. Lord knows we all need more Jesus. Until next week.